On today's episode of the Return of the Roar podcast, we discuss the Kings' most recent win against the New Orleans Pelicans. Is De'Aaron Fox an all-star? Tyree Talliburton wins Rookie of the Month. And then we give our Coke Machine and King of the Week our very first non-player Coke Machine. Stay tuned for that and more on this episode of the Return of the Roar podcast. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast with your illustrious hosts, uh, myself, Chris Watkins, and he just won the Western Conference Podcaster of the Month, Frankie Cardicelli. Frank, how are you doing? Uh, Pretty good. You know, fame gets to a lot of people, but I just want to say it definitely does get to me, so... Feeling pretty, it has feel, got it's, feeling it's pretty good lot. today. Yeah, yeah. this is going to be a heat check of a podcast. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Well, since the last time we recorded, uh, the Kings have played three basketball games. They uh, are two and one in that span, which is great to see. Some more winning. The winning continues uh, after the, that that two game stretch against Memphis, taking win over Orlando, which we recorded after uh, taking a nice win over uh, over the Toronto. Do I, yeah, do I, I was gonna like do I call the, them Tampa? Do the, I call them Toronto? The Florida Raptors? Yeah, the Florida Raptors. Uh, and uh, you know that that one point loss against Miami um, was a real tough one. I don't know if we're gonna get into it too much, but no, I mean um, just basically Jimmy Butler, of course, had to come back against yeah. the Kings. Like, yeah. of course he did. You miss. Was it 10, 12 games? Uh, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like 10 or 12 and, games. And he had, the most he'd scored in a game was 26, and of course he comes and drops a nice 30-piece on it, our It really just and, hasn't been scoring at all this season, and no. then comes out and gives and, gives us that 30-piece. And hits the game winner. Hits the game winner. And, we, we had a lead <laughs> yeah. with about under 30 seconds left. I think it was under 15 seconds left, and uh, basically we're one last shot away. Rashawn Holmes had that, that game-winning attempt got blocked by Bam. We're one game-winning shot away from a five-game winning streak. So two points, essentially, from a five-game yeah. winning streak. I actually do have a question about that, Miami, the end yes. of that game. Do you think that, that, that De'Aaron's pass was headed for Harrison Barnes? Uh, the one that got... The one that ended up going... Like, Rashawn caught it and yeah. just kind of threw uh, it up. But it, if you kind of look at it again... Harrison's right behind Rashawn, and he's wide open. And Rashawn kind of picks up also. Yeah, he kind of just like, you know, Buddy DBs and, it. And, Buddy and Ty were wide open. It's just, it was kind of a breakdown. Yeah. And Miami has, they have a good defense, obviously, with, with, with Spolster there. And uh, I think that pass was probably going to HB. It looked like that's what he was thinking. Uh, Rashawn makes those shots, not in the fadeaway, not a fadeaway yeah. necessarily. Well, but yeah, in it's that also range. 0. 0.5 seconds or yeah. whatever it was left. He's just no most shot. important. Yeah. A, a terrible, horrible leaning fader is better than with, no shot. With Bam out of bio, who's an all star yeah. uh, in your face, but um, they had their opportunities that game. It just didn't happen. And the way the Kings went playing, they were bound to run into a game like that where they're going to lose a close one. And I thought the same as last night against New Orleans was going to be the same thing. I was going to say, did you say all star? Because last night, uh, De'Aaron Fox Ooh. sure as hell Sheesh. played like something like an all star. Um, and I don't know, is that do you, do you want to get into that first? Is De'Aaron Fox all star talk? Yeah, I just, so basically the talk around King's Twitter last night, and we'll get into the, the aspect of the game and everything, but right now the talk of the town is De'Aaron Fox. Is he going to make the All-Star game? I think, and also it was uh, Mark Jones on the telecast yesterday. 
he said he talked to a Western Conference coach, an unnamed Western Conference coach, who and they they do the player voting if I'm not mistaken, or uh, they end up bringing picking the reserves, correct? The, I believe so. Yeah, they pick all the reserves. They pick the reserves, and a coach unnamed again said that De'Aaron Fox deserves to be on the team. Now I'd have to look at the the rosters from the All Star games of years past, but just off the top of my head, I know that Russell Westbrook is out of the West. I know that James Harden's out of the West. Uh, there's a couple spots right there. Uh, I think De'Aaron d- deserves a spot. The way he's been playing lately, and my goodness, it's been like 26 a game, 26 points a game, nine assists per game over the last like seven or eight. He has scored 30 points on back to back nights. I mean, if he keeps doing what he's doing with voting any in a couple of weeks, how do you not have him on the team? Yeah, I think, and a lot of people have brought it up, he could get lost in the numbers game. Obviously, Steph is in front of him, Dame's in front of him. If Luka's going to be classified as a guard, it might be tough. Um, but he's, you know, he's put himself in the mix, which is, you know, all he can really do in terms of uh, points. He's top 20 in points per game. Um, and he's done everything he can do from, you know, from his standpoint to, to prove uh, that he deserves that spot. I think it's just going to be a matter of continuing to show out on a nightly basis. And, you know, it's, I, we all know this, it's not easy. It took Dame Lillard pretty much to openly uh, protest. I, I mean, if you remember, if I remember that correctly, he was pretty adamant, like, you know what, like, this is ridiculous. I really deserve to be an all-star, and if they don't want me, you know, like, something's wrong with the voting process. Um, which, he, which he's right. Which he, he which is right. totally right. Um, How many times have we see, and the Kings have been, the Kings are a bad team now, and they are, I mean, now and they were back then, but Boogie, DeMarcus Cousins, he should have made the All-Star game. I think he made four in his, his career because I'm not sure if there's many more All-Star games in his future just because of how, how old he's getting in the injury history. But he made four over, over his career, and that's just going to be kind of a that's kind of a, kind of a a sad thing to see because he deserved to be in way more than four games. He was an All-Star for probably seven or eight years, you could argue. He deserved to be on the All-Star team. But it's a numbers game. It's once you're in, usually you're in until an injury takes you out. That's usually the way it works because you, you don't see many people that make it one time and they don't make it again. That's why a lot of guys are perennial all-stars. They make multiple games in a row, which clogs up those spots. But injuries, C.J. McCollum is probably deserving of making his first all-star team this year. But he has a hairline fracture right now. I'm not sure how long he's going to be out, but they want the all-star game to be about a month from now in Atlanta. If if your C.J. McCollums aren't healthy or any other injuries happen down the road, we could see the place of Fox making it as a replacement, kind of how Boogie made it his first time. He took Kobe's spot. I don't know if you remember that, but he took Kobe's spot, made the all-star team, and he made it from then on until uh, he got the horrible injuries. But um, if he makes it, fantastic. If he doesn't, it's yeah. expected. But yeah, I, And it would be tough, too, because I, I was just looking at, at a longer list of, of potential candidates. You got your Devin Booker, um, Chris Paul, obviously, same team. They might yeah. take votes away from each other, That's but true. I'd assume one of them at least will get in, at the least, depending on how uh, Phoenix finishes out the first half of the season. You mentioned C.J. McCollum. Thankfully, James Harden stepped out of the conference, but, uh, you know, um, there's there's still... Uh, there's a. There's still a lot of 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 the. I don't know what you would call, half season. Yeah. There's a lot of the half season left. Uh, so there's still time for for people to get their votes up. But um, no, for sure, Darren's definitely staking his case right now for why he deserves to get one of those spots. Also, I'm still looking at the list here. Mike Conley, who yeah, he's is re- leading the league in plus minus. He's had a very good season. Someone was trying to trade for him in fantasy the other day, and I was like, <laughs> nah. uh, yeah. no, not gonna happen. 
Um, but yeah, if he, will he make it? I'd say the odds are probably not in his favor, but I think he's knocking on the door. I, I saw someone say he's probably not going to make it this year, but it's just a matter of time. Uh, it's a matter of time. You know, knock on wood, injuries pending. He's going to be an all-star in this league. Maybe it's this year, maybe it's next year. But I'll tell you what, the way he closed that last night's game and the way he played in Miami where he scored 17 in the fourth two, that's what all-stars do. Like, you, those are all-star types of nights that we have been seeing from him. And he's playing the best basketball of his career. And it's not even close. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward here in the schedule as well. And to help with De'Aaron's all-star campaign, they've got a lot of big-name teams coming up, big market teams. They've got the Celtics coming up. They've got the Nuggets coming up, uh, the Sixers coming up, Clippers, Clippers Nets, uh, Heat again, the Bucks again, the Nets again, and then the Lakers uh, in the beginning of March. I think that's a lot of big-name, big-game opportunities for De'Aaron to put up a lot of big numbers against some really big players. Yeah, schedule opens up, which is uh, it's bad you know, as far as when the Kings keep playing well, but it's good for, for those types of reasons exactly. Testing to see what you have, seeing what De'Aaron has, of course, against some of the premier guards in the league. He did a really good job against Eric Bledsoe and Lonzo Ball last night, who are they're, you know, known as good defenders, which is what Fox said after the game last night, that those guys, yeah, they're, t- they're good defenders, but he just, he's like, I found a way through it. But um, they should, first of all, I mean, give me other thoughts real quick. Just no, I was just, again, s- still looking at the schedule. It's just they have 15 games in the 28 days of February. So just about every other game we're going to have, or every other day we're going to have a game to talk about here. And, uh, yeah, very exciting, but at the same time, uh, I just rattled off a lot of the Kings opponents here in February. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's all looking good, which is why we talked about it before we started recording how I'm not excited. I, don't, I mean, I'm not excited to the point where I think the Kings are like going to make the 10, 9, or 8 seed play-in game or they're they're turning it around and they're, they're, they're a good team by any means. I'm excited. They're playing well. I mean, how could I not? But you're mentioning that you just – the you can't really be enthusiastic about what they're doing right now. You're not feeling too excited. Yeah, yeah. Is that so what you're saying? The problem with me, and like I wouldn't say I feel like there's a different level or like people have ramped up their excitement level, and granted, their excitement levels were pretty low before, so it's understandable that it's higher than it was before. But um I definitely feel like there's like people have kind of risen their expectation levels back up. And I'm just not there yet. Um and I don't think I'm going to get there. I don't see some like massive change in you know team team play really I don't think that they've really uh you know I don't think I yes the practices for sure helped but I don't think you know they found their identity in those what was it four or five days uh of practice that they had off they had about five days yeah yeah um for sure I mean they've played better they've looked more cohesive I think the ball movement has been excellent you know there's a lot of things that we can individually pick out that I'd for sure the the practice time helped defensively with rotations and with communication and just with everything but um i'm j- i just don't see this team now going on runs of consistently winning two out of three games or you know three of five or four you know whatever. especially with just, what's coming up exactly and you know even set i mean even set aside what's coming up yes we are beating um some you know Teams that are around our level, but um, I just, I don't know. I, I haven't seen um, a step up from the team to step up my expectations. Well, it's going to be a big test for sure. I mean, yeah, is, is it exciting the Kings winning games? Yeah, but when the highs are high, they're really high. And when they're low, like a, a week ago when we were losing to, to the Clippers and the 
you know, we were on the, I think we lost, we lost eight of 11 or nine of 11 at one point. Things were super, super low at that point. And people were totally disengaged, freaking out, calling for Walton to be fired, which they still are, but um, calling for people to be traded and lineup changes. And you don't really hear that happening as much right now, but a couple losses to the Celtics and Nuggets could, could change that narrative again. But it'll be interesting to see how they play against the Celtics because Celtics are on a back-to-back against the Kings tomorrow night, which is uh, Wednesday. They play tonight, Tuesday, against Golden State. They play the Nuggets on Saturday, who they've beaten twice this year in two tries. Um, Very tough to beat a team three times. Tough. I, I can't I, I mean, the Nuggets, too, are, yeah. they are a tough team. And I think Michael Porter Jr. is back now. Um, he didn't play the last time they played each other. No, not, he did. That was his, that was his last game. That uh, was the his first, last game. The first game of the season, Jamal Murray didn't play. Jamal Murray didn't play, and then they beat the full team last time, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. At and, home, uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting. They're playing at home. They have a nice little home stretch coming up. And, um, yeah, it, it's fun to be – like, last night was an exciting It was an exciting win. I, for one, thought the game was over. I started writing my recap that they lost. You texted me and told me that there was <laughs> there was a, a live line on the Kings to come back. I think it was, what, they were plus 140? They were plus two. I, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. They were, it was plus two and a half for, yeah, uh, plus 140, I think. Yeah, that means basically, I mean, for those that aren't betters, that they, the <laughs> odds were stacked against them to come back and win because they were losing – uh, in the fourth quarter, they were down by seven or eight points in the fourth yeah, quarter. Yeah, I think it was with like four mi- four minutes to go or something. They were like down that. by five or six yeah. at that point, and I remember just saying like, "Oh, it's over." And I'm already right. my my recap was already the the lead was written and the headline was how you know, Bagley got ejected and, and just things were bad. You know, bad all night. Really, they just never looked good until the last twelve minutes, wouldn't you say? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and I mean, it was all on the shoulders of one man, De'Aaron Fox, who just in that fourth quarter completely took over uh what well, he ended up with 17 in the fourth quarter seven to ten from the field um and i thought his three-point shot surprisingly looked really good i he i think he ended up like three he of ten three, on the day yeah. he was definitely chucking them up um but they were without, good looks good they were looks. all good looks um a couple of them were off the dribble but i think he's been hitting a couple off the dribble threes uh in the past month or so the thing that I thought was really interesting was that entire fourth quarter yesterday was a five-man rotation. There was no no, no substitutions out. in that fourth quarter, um, and it was, you know, you can attribute that to Marvin Bagley, you know, being ejected in the second half, or was it in the second half? It was the third, qu- third yeah. quarter. Um, so you know, Luke made the decision to just play Tyrese all twelve minutes, which was smart because he had eleven rebounds, six assists last night. It was a career high in rebounds and. Uh, he almost out rebounded the Pelicans by himself in the final quarter. The guy was just was everywhere. He was a lot of those like he is such a high vertical. He just jumps up and has those back taps, and that's so valuable when you back tap like that because it created a couple of second chance points for the Kings. And um, quick shout out though, Harrison Barnes, third quarter, also seventeen points. Uh, people it, might for everything that De'Aaron did in the fourth, Harrison did in the third. Because they kept going down by eight or by it was just kinda like a back and forth and and at one point, I think it was with about um about a minute left, he had an M one basket to cut it back to eight. Uh then the Pelicans were back up by ten and he had a three with about a couple seconds left in in the quarter to make it a, th- a seven point game going to the fourth. And without Harrison Barnes, who he finished with twenty four last night, twenty four, eight rebounds, four assists, like Kings don't win that game either. I mean, it, it, do you want the game to come down to two of your players having 17-point quarters and, like, that's the way you win? No. I mean, I'd rather the Kings play more balanced and not have to rely on just one guy per per 12 minutes. But uh, 
you know, a win's a win. That's however you draw it up. And, and HB and De'Aaron, you know, they deserve the game ball balls, plural, game balls, split it. Saw it down the middle uh, because without either either or, they lose a game last night. Yeah, and that's been the case for a lot of this season in general is, is and you've made many, many a point to it, that when Harrison plays well, the team generally plays well and generally wins. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the same – and more goes for De'Aaron Fox. If he's playing well and if he's playing excellent, then the team can, I mean, as we've seen, can can roll off wins against pretty much anybody. Yeah, I mean, Zach Lowe of ESPN, he said in a podcast uh, today that... Loves the, the Low Post podcast, yeah, he, by the way. He nominated HB for the most underrated player in the league. And I think a main reason because of that is he played for the Warriors. He won a championship. People know who he is. He's an Olympic gold medalist. And once he went to Dallas, he became the number one scoring option there. Didn't work out. Luka Doncic came in. He became the number one option, and HB became expendable. Here he is in Sacramento as an afterthought, essentially, and people call him an overpaid afterthought. And he's playing like an all. Like he also is a guy who's playing like an all star. He's not going to get any the votes, or or he's going to not going to make it. But he's averaging seventeen a game and six boards, and he's shooting fifty uh, percent from the field, forty three percent from three point line. He's having a career year, the best year of his career at, at twenty eight years old, and. Um, you know they don't do wins above replacement like at least like I don't think they do like they do in baseball. But I'd like to know what his is right now because without him they would have lost more than eleven, games, more yeah. than eleven games for yeah. sure. So um, he had a huge third quarter, Fox the fourth. But man, those are the games that the Kings usually lose. In the years past, they lose those games. They don't come back like that. Yeah, uh, you talking about Harrison like that? I was trying to think like why it is that that's the case, and it's funny because when. It made me think of like, you know, like Tobias Harris, for example. It's it's it happens all the time in the league where you'll get your attention for playing well. You know, that's when you, you get your rise, you get all the attention, people start to know who you are, expectations then rise. Um Tobias Harris, um like what um how he played in uh in LA. Yeah. Uh with that last season he had with the Clippers. And then all of a sudden there's a lot of expectation for Harrison. He signs with Dallas, huge contract for Tobias, gets traded to the Sixers. It's like, okay, this is now the piece. The Sixers are ready to go. And it just didn't work out the way that it, it's not necessarily like they became Travis Outlaw. They didn't become, you know, terrible player. No, you know, Put some I, don't, I don't mean to like Put just some respect throw on a, random, <laughs> a random dart at Trout Trout Law, Law, but catching straight. I here. cannot Jeez. stand Travis Outlaw. Um, God bless Travis Outlaw, but Trout Law. Um, you know, he, the point is he's not a replaceable small forward. All of a sudden, like these are really good guys, and I think once the narrative of you're overpaid and you're not Paul George or LeBron James, then I think people sour on you, and essentially, yeah, they they just forget about you, and and so it makes it tough when you play well again or just revert you know people have bad years it happens well, being in sacramento doesn't help in this case for either. sure yeah definitely yeah. and that's you know and tobias harris now is is playing amazing and i think he's getting the credit he deserves but uh harrison hasn't and uh it's he's over, starting to now it's overdue i mean he's he's a good basketball player he's never been a bad basketball player over his, his time as a, as a player it's just contracts always you know if you don't know how much money he was making i think people would think he's great like even mm-hmm. around the league it's just when he signed that contract, it just became like a, a, a meme. He was like the first one. I think it was two off seasons ago where people are saying, he made what? Like, it's just what? How? And it's, yeah. hey, he's valuable. Is he worth the 20, 21 million? 
maybe not, but he is playing hard. He's playing well, and that's all the Kings can hope for because, again, he's not replaceable at this point, not realistically replaceable. Um, no, I don't think so. No, because who are we going to bring in that? Bob Woodard. He's hey, already in the building. Bobby. Bobby Woodard. Um, okay, so as far as last night goes, the last thing I pretty much want to talk about is uh, Bagley getting ejected. Do you have any thoughts about like, – was that deserved? I think no. No. I mean, it, it for sure wasn't deserved. I think uh, I looked at the ref's explanation. I think Sean Cunningham, shout out to Sean, um, posted the ref's um, reasoning for it. And uh, he pretty much was just like the second tech was because they felt like it was an excessive reaction to the call. I mean, Marvin just jumped around. He looked childish for sure, but like yeah, it but- was nothing more excessive than... I, I think legitimately any given foul call ever. Like you see that – you will see that same reaction 20 times yeah, if you watch basketball tonight. How many tonight. times LeBron and Luca and all those guys, they complain every – LeBron will have open counsel with the refs like after a foul. <laughs> he will be like, all right, what you know, it's it's ridiculous. Well, um, and also I put out – And it really – it could have cost them the game and, you know, it's – I put it on Twitter last night. If anyone's conditioned to know who deserves to be ejected – it's Kings fans. Yeah. How many times have we seen players get e- players? Well, mainly, e- mainly Boogie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, but you could see with him, like he didn't always deserve it. At, at, oh, for at, sure. At sometimes, yeah. Oh, yeah, he deserved it. Yeah. And other times, like he would just do the same thing back did, or even like be walking away and just like put his hands up and like to his own bench, and they would toss him. Bagley, same thing. I know. I can't remember who mentioned it. A, a different player. I think it was uh, Draymond. He got tossed this year, and he didn't really deserve it either. And uh, it's all based off your rep. Basically, and last night Bagley got tossed like he had a bad rap. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Is it's interesting because, to my knowledge, I don't think Bagley really has a rap. That was I mean, his first ejection. Was first... <laughs> has he even played enough games? To no, do a rap no, with no. refs like that. I mean, <laughs> no, no, uh, no. But he that was his first ejection. It was weak, and I think it was Draymond or someone was like the the referees. They need to they relax. Need to figure it out. <laughs> relax because, like, look. I get you don't want to be like shown up for shown sure. up and embarrassed and like yeah. screamed at and, and, and well, made a fool and of. These but... these players do sometimes, you know, in the oh, ref's yeah. defense, they do show them up and they know that the fans are going to be on their side and definitely, you know, the refs are. We know players deserve yeah. technical fouls, but it's just the the wrong ones. It seems like are getting them. I mean, Draymond didn't deserve a couple this year already. Does he deserve a higher percentage? Probably, but not every single one. In Bagley last night, he fell into that kind of boogie Draymond Green quick trigger. Category. Whereas all he did was just mm-hmm. he jumped up and put his hands up, but he didn't approach the referee and try to plead with him. He didn't follow him around or scream at him. He just was like confused, really, like a little confused and a little angry. And you're allowed to get angry. Like you can't not be allowed to get angry as an NBA player. It's just people react different ways. Um, I didn't think he reacted too much, but hey, he got ejected. And what he played in the fourth quarter, anyways. Probably not. Maybe for a few minutes at the beginning. And he was playing well last night, but hey, he got tossed. Do you want me to read the official statement? Yes. Okay. So this is an uh, interview conducted by Andrew Lopez of ESPN.com with crew chief James Capers, uh, who was the crew chief for the Kings-Pelicans game. Question, what did Marvin Bagley the third say or do to warrant a technical foul at the end of the first quarter? Capers. Sacramento team had been warned about continually complaining, and then he resented a foul call uh, and had a profanity-laced statement directed towards the official, which caused him to get the first tech. I didn't see – I thought the first tech was also a a phantom tech where it was like 
it took a second for and granted the uh Doug and and Mark Jones aren't in the building but I don't even think they really realized uh that a tech had been called on that first one. Do no, you remember the first one? It was one, confusing. Really? I yeah. thought it was on De'Aaron, I think on that player or I don't know if it was De'Aaron. I did not think it was on Bagley. I was like why would that be on Bagley? My question is then I wonder if the referee that well, I, I'm not sure if uh, if James Capers gave both texts to Bagley, but I wonder if there was maybe maybe if the ref forgot that they had already assessed one to him, which is possible because you know generally with the second tech they are a little bit lenient, lenient. I don't want to say lenient because obviously they'll have a aware. quick trigger, they're but more like aware. yeah, they're like. If you're going to get kicked out of this game, like you need to deserve to you're get, you know, we, you're there, it, it needs to be justified. Or like we're gonna we're gonna warn you, like you're acting up and you're you're yeah, doing like, too much. You're yeah, continue one more and yeah, or because we'd know, see yeah. Boogie get his first tech and then he'd be throwing his headband and untucking his jersey, and yeah, following the refs and, and just screaming and vocal. Marvin Bagley isn't that kind of player. No, like he he is not very outspoken. He'll complain about calls, but uh, there are more kings that are more. Way more outgoing. De'Aaron and Buddy alone, like they're more outgoing than Marvin, and and they don't get tossed or stuff like that. So, nope. um, yep. And then uh, asked about the second technical foul with ten eighteen remaining in the third. Capers replied with, "There was a personal foul called against him. He had an overt reaction that went beyond the heat of the moment, and because he had one technical, the second technical was automatic ejection." Yeah, it's ridiculous. I bet they're ascended. I mean, I haven't. I mean, not as of was it three o'clock on. Or two thirty on Tuesday, February second. They're not rescinded yet, but I'd be shocked if not at least one is not rescinded because I think there's an automatic fine for being ejected, and he did not deserve to be yeah, fined. No. So, um, hopefully the NBA fixes it. Fixes it, but Marvin's been playing well, and, and it just is a bummer we didn't get to see him play or, or finish out. Again, I don't think the base off Luke Walton's rotations, he would have played late, but um, he played twenty two minutes. Usually he plays about twenty eight, so maybe he would have gotten six more minutes and he could have helped out a little bit. But they won anyways. Um, bogus ejection, but we move on. Yep, been there before. Um, anything else on last night's game? Any other um, observations, thoughts, feelings, things that made you angry, um, things that made you hungry? They showed a lot of food from out in New Orleans. I, I went there last I'll year. I'll just, um, I mean, we give Hassan Whiteside a lot of crap on this show specifically. Uh, I think he's played about as well as he can for the past couple weeks yeah. in the most positive way. I mean that in the most positive way possible. His I, per- think, I think he's he's had actual impact when he's on the court and he is doing things. I'm being very measured with my No, it, in his per 36, I'm pretty sure, measure up to like along his career number. So like he's on par with what he usually does just in, in less minutes. You know, he only played 14 minutes last night, but – uh, he had five points and six boards. He's not blocking the bo- the blocking shots as much as I would like him to, but um, you feel his presence when he's in the game. You definitely feel like his presence down low, and you can tell that De'Aaron and the other guys and Tyrese they like to feed him. And he isn't. I think against Miami, he had a pretty good game, um, or was it Toronto? He had like a almost a double double in one of the games. But um, hey, what more can we expect from him? He's playing as well as he can, like you said. Uh, if he can get five or six and six off the bench every night and have a couple blocks, that's fine with me. I don't need him to be the 15 and 14 guy he has been, but um, they just need that guy to help out when Rashawn gets in foul trouble, and they both got in foul trouble last night. Luckily, they got to finish it out. Uh, also, quick props to Rashawn last night for getting six blocks for the third Jeez. time this season. 
double double again for him. But yeah, our centers. I'm really happy with our center depth right now. Um, Rashawn and Hassan. What, what more can you really want? Like realistically, I guess. I mean, hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, uh, all right. So we're we'll take a quick break right here, and then we will come back with our awards. Awards. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Anchor. Starting a podcast has never been easier. And now with Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the major platforms with as minimal hassle as possible. And the best part, it's all completely free. Thanks to Anchor, you can now find the return of the roar, this very podcast that you're listening to here, on our very own feed. Anchor is everything you need to get your podcast off the ground. And again, it's all in one convenient place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Tuesday afternoon, we were hit uh, with some very exciting news that our rookie, Tyrese Halliburton, has been named the Western Conference Rookie of the Month, um, along with Lonzo Ball from the Eastern Conference. The other one. I'm sorry. LaMelo. Wow. I just, I just uh, <laughs> Derek David card that. The other one. Did yeah. Lonzo ever win a Rookie of the Month? I can look right now, actually. I'm sure Far he did. Um, well, he was in the Western Conference, so he had to go against De'Aaron. It's not like De'Aaron ever had any lights-out months during his rookie year. Uh, he never won one. I, I saw it today. He never won one, uh, I believe. I'm trying to think who else it would have been. I got it. I, I mean, Lonzo right didn't, by any means, light it up his, uh, so his rookie year. It was Kuzma, Mitchell, Mitchell, Kuz- Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Mitchell. Yeah, that would definitely make sense. He won I mean, that whole, yeah, the whole year was Mitchell against uh, Ben Simmons. With one month from Kyle Kuzma. And then last year, obviously, uh, was John Morant and Zion. And then the year before that was Luka, 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 Luka. So, uh, no Kings have won it until... Uh, well, the last King that won it was Buddy Heald, which was... He was in his first full month with the team, I believe, um, for March. That was a great month. He was going off. I remember I was super yeah. happy. That was after the boogie trade. Shout out that Clipper game. No oh, one yeah. will ever forget. When he stole the ball yep. and hit that three and they won. Yeah. So Buddy was the last king to win the award, Rookie of the Month. It was March 2017. Tyrese Halliburton was first award. He beat out. I know James Wiseman was kind of getting some. Um, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards <laughs> was getting picking up steam. But Wiseman's out for a while now. And um, I'm wondering if that alone will clear the path for him to be is it a two horse race? You think for rookie of the year? Do you think it's Lamelo for and, sure, and Tyrese yeah. right now? Yeah, I think uh, I think the only way. Well, I shouldn't say the only way. I think Tyrese will win if he continues to do what he does and uh, improve off it, even if it's slightly. I think if he's at like anywhere from twelve to fourteen to sixteen points for sure. Uh, I think Lamelo obviously has the hype train behind him. The thing that's going to hold Lamelo back will be his percentages. But if he can get those to even like semi respectable range, I think the hype will probably give it to Lamelo. But yeah. you know, there's nothing. I'm Tyrese. I'm sure I would be absolutely shocked if he doesn't make it onto the uh, All NBA or what All Rookie first, first Team. team. Oh, that, I feel like that's only uh, pen, yeah. a knock on pending injury. That's got to be in the bag already. Well, the only person who could probably take it from him is Anthony Edwards, only oh. because he's the first pick, and and if he plays. Up, to, you know, well, one, up to the level of Tyrese, one player, probably give it to Ball and him. Yeah, one player who's kind of picking up um, some talk is Emmanuel Quickly too. For sure, he's yeah. playing pretty well. And I know that Knicks fans that were they're all like trying to be tongue in cheek, like I can't believe the Kings drafted Tyrese over <laughs> Emmanuel Quickly. And it's like okay, because I remember when he torched uh, 
Tyrese had his best game of, of the year against the Knicks about a week ago, and that's what people were saying. So that's going to be something that's going to be said a lot as long as he's playing well. But, again, I think Tyrese Halliburton has been a top-two rookie for sure. Yeah, so. and I think the defensive end of the court probably oh, yeah. gives him a lot of leeway in yeah. terms of uh, of letting his offensive numbers slip too because especially, you know, the basketball writers and the coaches especially. Well, I'm not actually sure if the coaches have – a say, but I know sure at least either. at least the writers will respect the fact that Tyrese is, especially you know from being a rookie, defensive minded, uh, yeah. especially where M- Lamelo and the others aren't. And his career high is seventeen. He scored sixteen against the Knicks in that one game, and he hasn't been scoring as much over the past week or so. But you know, seven points, seven assists, ten points, eleven assists, ten points, seven rebounds, six assists, uh, five points last night, eleven rebounds, career high, six assists. He's doing it all. Playing defense, um, he's doing everything right now, and yep. he, he definitely deserves the award. And yeah, it's way too soon to be saying things oh, like no. that, but like this. But that's the kind of thing that gets you paid. Like, but you know, is, is being good at more than one thing. We were talking about that last week yeah. when it was coming to Buddy Heald. You know, yeah, it's two way players are so valuable in the league today, and I'm, there's not many that like are known as two way yeah. players. Well, not just I mean, Tyrese obviously is a two way, but I'm talking more about you know, without his scoring ability, he still. Last night That's he right. gets seven rebounds. He out rebounds the Pelicans pretty much in the four. Did he? Yeah, it was completely. There, I think it was seven to ten. I think. Yeah, I mean he, he he as a guard is getting seven rebounds in the fourth quarter, um, and then yeah, you mentioned his eleven assist game. I think that was against Toronto. Yeah, double, uh, double. and only had seven points. Or was that? Uh, he had five points last night. He had ten in the past two games. So he had okay, ten against gotcha. Toronto, which was a double double. Ten against Miami. Um, but yeah, even the game against Orlando, which he played thirty minutes, he had seven points, seven assists, and and a couple steals. He's doing everything he can. Yeah. Um, one question I had though before we move on to awards was: Is Tyrese Halliburton is the he, Hassan Whiteside of guards? <laughs> is he? Could he? Should we trade him? Yeah, let's trade him. He's just stat uh, stuffing. Is he hurt? Because he he's, he's been very taped up. I've been noticing it's, it's he's had tape on his chest to his shoulder. We and we know he has the wrist thing. Um, do you think he's playing hurt at all? Is that why his offensive numbers have kind of have kind of fallen? Because his field goal percentage actually has dropped. He's he's not shooting the ball too well over his last uh, four games. He is shooting thirty four percent from the field and twenty two percent from three. The offense has definitely taken a hit since that Knicks game, which is kind of weird because he had five days off after that game. But do you think there's something going on with his health? Yeah, I mean, there's potential that something happened in practice that we don't know about. Um, I think I can't remember what game it was. It was earlier in the season, but he hurt his wrist driving uh, the Rockets, the Rockets game. So um, you know, it could just be a lot of things that are starting to stack up on each other. the uh, The thing that I always think is most interesting with rookies uh, is kind of like the backstory of they've never played this many basketball games in a calendar year before. Well the exception of, you know, like AAU and stuff like that. But they haven't played, you know, in college, you're playing a max of a 40-game season. That's half of the – well, this season, it's a little over half. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're just not used to the grind of having your body, especially like like we were mentioning earlier, the Kings are going to have a game every other day at at the highest level of playing – um, just the amount of wear and tear that that does on your body when you're not used to it, and you know it's not like Tyrese Halberton is is built like a Robert Woodard, and uh, it it is seems to to have a body that's ready for the NBA. He's going to take his lumps, and he's got to you know learn how to get stronger and get bigger. And 
I am answering this in uh, in a way that's kind of avoiding your question of I don't mm-hmm. I know I'm not a medical person. No, so me I, either. I, I really don't know if he's hurt, but um, I would generally say, being taped up isn't a good thing. But I don't. It doesn't necessarily look no. like it's being taped up for it's per, it could be injury reasons, precautionary. But yeah, for sure, precautionary. Mm-hmm. We saw players do that in the past. Um, I know D Rose would put the, the the tape up his neck that one time. Let's not. Let's just do me a favor. No, D Rose. Not okay. put D Rose. No in bad. The same sentence. No bad D Rose. I'm just saying, as far as people being taped up, just to kind of like maybe they have some general soreness and they're just trying to protect yeah. themselves from injury. I, I get you. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, it, playing every other day has got to be taxing. That doesn't happen very. It, I don't think it's happened before this many games and this many days. Because um, when they started the season, the same time they started the same week as Christmas, they played only sixty games, sixty six games, I think. Uh, 2011, 2012, yeah, with the, with lockout. the lockout, they're playing. I think it was 10, 66. Yeah. yeah, they're playing about 10 more games around uh, eight more games, so um, in less time. So it's uh, it's going to be taxing on some players, but he's still playing over 30 minutes every game. It's it's up there among the league, the team leaders. So uh, congrats to Tyrese, big award. Yeah. for the rook. Big award for the rook. And speaking of awards, speaking of awards, speaking of big awards that you know people love to receive. Um, in the mail will be coming this week, or I guess we should say this weekend's, because um, we're talking about games Friday through Monday. Mm-hmm. This weekend's King of the Weekend? King of the Week. King of the Weekend. King of the Weekend. I hope the world can see now what's really going on out here, because it's getting ridiculous. Our King of the Weekend. We're in unison. I think we're in unison. Yeah, we're, we're in unison on both of on these, both. so we're actually going to get through this pretty quick. Uh, we're not going to say it in unison this time. That I no, I listened back to that. Are you that sure? Was, okay, that fine. was not. That was. You it was like cute. It? it was. It was definitely cute, All but right. it was not. I. I can't be having. All right, fine. That. We'll retire the. Um, the it's. It's the one and only. The only person who can really get this player of the the weekend award, De'Aaron Fox. I mean, yep. for every reason that we've listed throughout this podcast, the man has been absolutely on a tear. Um, do you have his numbers from the past three games? I'm uh, about to pull I, that up I right do. now. I do. Over the last three games specifically, um, starting with Toronto. Yars. Yes. Uh, so actually, these past seven games will do you one better. Woohoo! Tw- 28.3 points per game, 4.4 rebounds, 8.4 assists, 1.3 steals. Uh, he is definitely locked in. He's playing like an all-star. I think we talked about a couple weeks ago maybe. Like when is when are we going to see like the player? Or his last podcast, I think. When do we see like the player he's going to become? Like where is he in his career? As far as like, does he get better or worse? I think we talked about he can get a little better as far as getting from twenty points to like twenty five, twenty six. Well, right now he's averaging twenty eight over the last seven, and and he hit seven of his seven free throws last night too, which is something that I was really concerned about. His free throws. If he can knock his free throws down, like we talked about, you'll see that twenty to twenty one number go to what it is now, which is twenty eight. Yeah, um, I do have thirty. His his numbers over the past three games are that exact. I mean, his his free throw percentage still is at sixty eight percent over the past three games, um, but and a lot of that was the Miami game where the team was just horrible from the line in general. Costing the game. Yeah, De'Aaron was three of eight that game from the line. Uh, De'Aaron in the past three games, that Toronto game, the Miami game, and the Pelican game, he's averaging thirty point seven points a game, seven assists. Six turnovers, which is definitely concerning, um, and a steal a game and four rebounds. He's he's playing. Those are all star numbers. I mean, one hundred. You take the turnovers down, but you know, even even James Harden is going to lead the league in turnovers. The best players in the do usually yep. turn the ball over, you know, more than three times a game. So yeah, but all on fifty three percent shooting, which to me is is the best part about it. With how much De'Aaron's driving, um, and draw and 
<clears throat> excuse me, the ability to to draw fouls, um, I think at this point is one of his elite skills. It's elite for sure. It's, it's top ten. Uh, there's literally there are only a handful of players that do it better than him, and um, he's the king star. He's playing like it. He's our recipient of our king of king. the oh the, the week. week. Now for the less coveted award. Um, it's our jeer. It's our um, anti-king, whatever you'll call it. Uh, we like to call it our Coke machine of the week. And this week's Coke machine of the week. Not a player. Not a player. Um, not a player. It's actually a, it's a Twitter account, to be specific. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a thing that exists. We don't know who is, is officially we, running yeah, it. But we have our ideas. Uh, our Coke machine of the week person who did absolutely nothing for Kings basketball this week is at Team Bagley on Twitter. I think it's uh, Team Bagley trademarked. Yeah. They trademarked is it, it trademarked? Sure, they, for I think, sure. I think they trademarked it. Well, yeah. Um, they can trademark this L that they're taking with the <laughs> Coke machine of the week because Homeboy is just on a mission to be – He, I don't know if he's envious of LeVar Ball or if he's just like – he didn't Lavar Lavar didn't do it right. Lavar didn't take it far enough. Um to where I mean, I think it was like a week or two ago, uh Arizona and Arizona State were playing against each other. Obviously Marcus Bagley, Marvin's brother, goes to Arizona State. Mark uh what's his their dad? Marvin. Obviously. Marvin Bagley Marvin Jr. Marvin Bagley Jr. The junior. Uh de- junior decides to show up uh to the Arizona Arizona State game, big rivalry game, in an F Tucson shirt. Uh very much antagonizing college students all across. They're only kids, the, you know. Yeah, <laughs> all across the kids. Uh, Arizona State. And just to add on top of the troll of it all, after the Kings' loss to the Miami Heat on Saturday, uh, in which Marvin Bagley, Marvin played great. I oh, mean, yeah. it was, you know, the Kings uh, did not win the game, but it was by no and, means Marvin Bagley's fault. And before even you read these tweets, just keep in mind, like, this is the – Second time has happened because either this yeah. a couple weeks ago, and it was what the I mean Kings fans were freaking out, thinking like here we go. Bagley's dad asking him to be traded. Uh, Bagley came out to the media and said, "I'm not going to be addressing any of that." And things got quiet for a little bit until Saturday. Until Saturday, uh, like I said, the Kings lost. Marvin, I believe, played 26 minutes uh, in that game. Uh, let me get that up just so I. It can was somewhere around up. there. He played well, and he didn't. He didn't close played out. well. P- pretty much just like we've talked about a couple times this season. Uh, he didn't close out the game. Rashawn Holmes closed out the game. Rashawn, in those closeout situations, has been nothing but absolutely spectacular. Um, so I don't think you know for sure. Like, and it, it people have been clamoring for Marvin to get in in those minutes um but it hasn't result you know every time they've gone to Rashawn in those situations they've pulled out the win so in in Luke's defense you know yeah, he, like, he was doing that like we'll talk about this after in a second but yeah. if you want to read the tweets first then I can we'll, yes, I'll, I'll exactly. ask you a question uh so after that game all that context laid out uh team Bagley decides to get their twitter fingers ready and starts retweeting. Uh, starts retweeting the following tweets. Where should I start here? Uh, we'll go right here. LOL and people act like at Team Bagley is crazy. SMH. Luke wasting Marvin on the bench in the fourth quarter as usual. Here's another tweet. 
Uh, at Sacramento Kings, please fire Luke Walton and trade Bagley to the Heat or Hornets. Thanks. That's mad specific. Wow. <laughs> Imagine going 7 for 8 for 17 points in 20 minutes, and your coach sits you out the fourth. For 20 points, uh, he had 17 that person on Twitter might want to check the yep. box scores. Uh, Luke Walton is such an a-hole for not keeping Marvin Bagley in the game <laughs> when he's been their best player tonight. Um. You know, just things along that line. Marvin Bagley, uh, I'd like to trade for Marvin Bagley. Mm. Hashtag Heat Twitter. He retweeted that. Um, just so, a lot of negativity. Stuff that we don't need to be seeing no, on our timeline. The Kings are playing well. Stuff it, that your dad doesn't need to be saying. Yeah, after th- that would have been the Kings' third straight win. Um, it would have, I mean, it, Marvin is, like said in that tweet, played well. Take your wins where you can take them. But no, that's not good enough for our Coke Machine of the Week at Team Bagley, who has to make his opinions known and uh, and is just causing a stir. We've talked about this before. We'll say it again. As many times as he wants to come out here and, and do this, because it's ridiculous because, hey, basketball is a team sport. Team sport. Kings are playing well. Bagley, the third, is playing well. Bagley, the junior, is not on the team. He's not a player. He does not matter. He is insignificant, which social media and the fact that it's just because the Kings have had a million problems over the years, it magnifies this issue of a disgruntled parent. There have been disgruntled parents before. They'll be disgruntled parents forever because people want their kid to succeed and they want them to do well. Totally fair. I get it. But when you come out and like do this stuff and it – could almost mess with the chemistry because we saw how it blew up last time with getting Aaron Fox, De'Aaron's dad involved, when like now dads are fighting on Twitter and players are getting involved, and the Kings lost that game in Golden State by 30. It becomes a problem. Luckily, it hasn't affected the Kings because they came out and they won last night. They've won four of five. They're playing good basketball. But here's my, my issue and my question to you, Chris, is, yeah, I think Bagley could play late, but here's the only problem. Who is he going to play over? Like, who is he replacing? You could make an argument, maybe Bagley, but who who is he going to play over in the last— I'm sorry, wait, Marvin's—who? Who is Marvin? Marvin you, said, you said he's going to play over Bagley. Play over Buddy. Sorry, <laughs> like... the other B. The other B. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, the other B. Because, like, the, the, the closing five for the Kings, which yeah. we, we call it the death lineup, is De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Rashawn Holmes, and Harrison Barnes. Basketball's a five-on-five game. It's not six-on-six. Six, so who are you taking out? I mean, it's not a six on six. I'm sorry. I'm like just getting angry. I get. I, I understand what you're saying. Getting upset. <laughs> uh, basketball is not six on six. It's five on five. So who's gonna who's he gonna play over? I I think you kind of answered the question in the middle there. I think Buddy's probably the person that gets replaced. I think you know Tyrese is just such a smart player. Probably the team's best defensive player. Uh, so he's not coming off De'Aaron. Obviously, is the team's best player not coming off. Harrison played an amazing season, played the best basketball. Arguably the second or third best player on the team right Our now. Our only good small forward, um, usable small forward, who can play four in these lineups, I guess. Um, he's not coming out. Rashawn is the only other option. And... Defensive I, anchor. I just don't, I don't think there's any person who has watched Kings basketball... And would say that they would rather have Marvin Bagley in in as opposed to Rashawn Holmes. I think that's the thing. I mean, if you're talking 
they both can play, sure, I'll hear that argument. But if you're saying, no, if there's going to be a big on the court, like it needs to be Marvin, I just don't – I. When you see how the two play side by side, I just don't understand how you could ever come to the conclusion that that Marvin needs to be the one. I'll have the conversation that, you know, if you want to have, I guess, run a Tyrese, De'Aaron, Marvin, Harrison, and and Rashawn lineup, I don't know if that necessarily does you much better. I think, you know, Marvin and, and Buddy are similar in the fact that they can give you points for sure, um, but if they're not, then they're pretty much like they're they're uh, what's the opposite of an asset here? They're they're uh, a liabil- liability. Liability. <laughs> um, liability. And yeah, now, that's just kind of where I, where I am on it. Uh, and I think it sucks to have them both on the court. Honestly, oh, it does. Every time they're both on the court, I think it's. I mean, you're you are you're playing three well, and a half on five. Now Marvin's done a good a good job from a defensive standpoint. Well. Rashawn is he's among the league leaders in blocks per game. I think he's in the top fifteen. Uh he's one point six, one point five per game around there. Um another thing, Rashawn Holmes is second in the entire league in field goal percentage. Not second on the team, not second in the conference. He is second in the entire NBA. He's making almost seventy percent of his shots. How can you justify taking someone that blocks shots, number one, he had six last night, yep. will make almost all of his baskets. To put in Bagley, and Bagley is a good player, but when the game is on the line and there's only one spot, sorry, Rashawn's going to be the guy. But um, in time, if Bagley can get better defensively, and that's his biggest problem because, like, yeah, he's knocking the three down this year. He's shooting the ball way better. That's great. He's shooting 35% from three. That's great. To me, that opens the conversation for yeah. him to be able to play late. I, that opens the conversation for, hey, I <laughs> I completely understand that they are on – different sides of the shooter spectrum, but you can maybe take Buddy off the court if you're going to put Marvin in the corner and have him be that reliable 37, 38% shooter from the corner. If last night, like how Buddy was just bad, I think he was 4 or 16 last night, those are the games where you're like, okay, he's not feeling it, let's switch it up. Uh, Luke could be better, that's on Luke to, and again, Bagley wasn't there last night, he got ejected, but uh, I I think people are kind of discounting the fact that Luke has really, like, rode with Buddy this year. Like, he has not benched him or, like, gone away from him at all. Buddy's among the top ten of minutes per game this year. It's interesting. So, uh, yeah, when he's struggling, maybe he could be a little bit more lenient and put Bagley in when he's playing well. Because, again, Bagley got taken out, I think, against Miami when he was 7 of 8 from the field. Uh, Buddy had a, a decent game against Miami. But you could almost make the argument that Bagley should deserve to be in more because Ty can play the two. Um I think Buddy's playing technically the three in those lineups at the end of the game. Yep. So, which I, yeah, not a fan of. No, me either. Um, which is called small ball. But even taking Buddy out and putting in Tyrese at the two and Bagley at the four, that just makes it a regular lineup because Tyrese is six foot five. Um, of course, teams put more size on that remains to be seen. But um, the the tweets from Team Bagley don't help the team. They don't help Marvin the third. They don't help Marvin Junior. Look good. I mean, it just make it's bad. It's a lose, lose, lose. It makes the team hurt. It makes all of them hurt. So hopefully, this will be the last time he receives the award. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on that situation? No. Um, I was actually just looking for stats, and I found a stat that you asked for earlier. Okay. Um, you asked for uh, win shares, correct? 
Yes. If you had to guess, who are the top three kings in win share? Uh, Fox, Barnes, Holmes. Very, very close. By point one points, uh, De'Aaron Fox has point nine win shares. Um, Tyrese Halliburton with a full I one win share. Is he leading the team? Uh, no, he's not. That is in third. Okay. Uh, Harrison Barnes second with one point seven, and the man that we're talking about, Rashawn Holmes. Well, I guess not the man we're talking about. The man who who, uh, who deserved, shall not be replaced. Shall not be replaced in the lineup because he again, Rashawn Holmes. He is the. By the numbers, the MVP also leading the team. the team in defensive win shares. Defensive uh, defensive win shares at point three. Yeah, you can't take him off the floor. Nope. He, by no means can he be off the floor. He's a double double threat. Makes seventy percent of his shots. Uh, no, just nope. Again, but the main point was if Bagley's struggling, that could be the guy you see come out because his defense remains to be remains to be seen as a positive. It's definitely a negative when he's on the floor. Uh, Marvin's is a negative too, but. Pretty much, I would just go to whoever's on that night. That's the way I'm looking at it. Matchup yep. accordingly. That's why Tyrese is so valuable. How he's such a big part of the lineup is because he can play defense. So, um, stop tweeting, please. Team Bagley. Please stop tweeting, Team Bagley. Please stop tweeting. Uh, congratulations. Also, to throw on to this conversation, I was yeah. the stat that I was looking for was box plus minus, um, which is you know just your your typical plus minus when you're on the court. Your in your team is scoring more than the other team. You're a plus. If they're scoring less when you're on the court, you're a minus. Marvin Bagley is second last on the team behind Justin James. Uh, Justin James has a minus seven point nine in how many minutes? In forty eight minutes. Uh, Marvin, besides Justin, is last with a minus five point one. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, Corey Joseph second to last. Just going to say that. Yeah, Corey Joseph, that's a different discussion. Yep. We've, we've uh, done a lot. with. Yes, uh, we have. We only had dunk on Kojo. He did have his best game of the year against uh, Toronto, and then he didn't do much the next two games. But, hey, he had a good game against Toronto. So, Good job, Corey. We're proud job. of you. Streak's still going. He's the longest streak of games played in the NBA uh, to our uh, nightmare. Great. And, um, hey, Kings are winning. Chris is not that, not that excited. Nope. I'm decently excited on, like, 10 being like we're going to the playoffs and zero being like kill me, I'm probably at like a five. I'm right in the middle. I'm trying to decide. Yeah, I'm probably like a 3.5. That's fair. I'm trying to decide. The next two games, I mean, again, playing the Celtics tomorrow night, Wednesday. Celtics are on second night of a back-to-back. Played the Denver Nuggets, uh, a matinee, 2 o'clock on Saturday. And then Super Bowl Sunday, noon against Clippers. Why is there basketball on Super Bowl Sunday? I don't know. I really hate the fact hate that it. I have to wait to... Are you going to that game? That's on the road. Oh, thank God. I'm going to the game before, though, the, the Nuggets game. Yeah, Chris, again, if you like you know, King's coverage, Boston, right? you're going to the Boston game yeah. tomorrow. I'm going on Saturday. If you guys like King Co- King's coverage, follow Chris and I on Twitter. We'll put them in the description of the podcast. Chris will be at the game tomorrow, live tweeting, live posting about the game. I'll be there Saturday. Um, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Um, that Corey Joseph stat that you just gave reminded me that Jason Thompson is our leading. Most games played? Yeah, most games played. I think, I mean, I'd hope De'Aaron, or Buddy. I mean, Buddy might not be here that long, but De'Aaron could be that guy, hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, hopefully it's, hopefully please. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, not great. Real quick, are we going to record again before the Super Bowl? Because if not, we can put our picks in right now. Is that Sunday? Um, Should we wait till Monday after the, or I mean, we'll, 
the way we're, we're doing I'm not it, sure, yeah. if things happen that like are breaking, like we felt like we should record today because of the, the fact they're playing so well. Um, if they win Friday, or yeah, they we win, probably won't record. Yeah, if they win against the Celtics and Nuggets by some chance, which would be kind of bonkers, but maybe we'll come record after that game on Saturday because it's early. But um, we'll let people under the hood here just for the end. Um, I'm looking, and yeah, the Kings play Wednesday, Saturday, and then Super Bowl Sunday. Then they play the Sixers on Tuesday, and then not again until Friday. So we'll probably, I'd imagine, record in between that Tuesday and Friday. Probably, yeah. Or if they win the next two. Or if they win the If they win the next two. Or maybe if they even have like an exciting game this week. Uh, we're trying to do one a week. We've, we've been doing more than we have been planning, which is good because the Kings are playing well. But um, when they do well, we do well. That's the way we do it. So, yep. Um, hopefully see you guys before next Tuesday or Wednesday. But uh, if things go back to the sad place that they were before, we will see you mid-next week. So, for Frankie Cardicelli, I am Chris Watkin. Christopher. You have been listening to the Return of the Roar podcast. Subscribe. Thank you. Shout out Pfizer. Shout out Pfizer.